0: Welcome to A Slice of Orange. I'm Jody Balma, your host. Uh, And the ballots are coming. The ballots are coming. It's uh, May and the ballots are coming. So you should receive your ballot from the Orange County Registrar of Voters uh, this week, next week, May 10th. Uh, And and if you don't get it by May 12th, I encourage you to contact the Registrar of Voters, ocvote.com. They have all their information about what to do, if your ballot is lost, if your ballot is damaged, if you put it away and you lose it, uh, how to vote in a vote center, how to return your ballot. You can get tracking to know that your ballot has arrived. The security measures on the the voting in Orange County are, are stellar Um, And so you can get text updates about where your ballot is and that it has been verified. If you broke your arm and your signature doesn't match, they're going to ask you to verify that that's you. So the ballots are coming and we got to talk about what's on the June ballot. I've been hyper-focused on local elections with uh, County Board of Supervisors and our Board of Education and, of course, uh, our judicial elections. And now I want to get a a wider view to look at what else is on the ballot and to help you learn how to research and and find out how to decide who to vote for. So uh, I use local media all the time. And one of my favorite political blogs is Orange Juice Blog. I've been following it for years. Uh, Greg Diamond will be a guest later on. But Kathy Hurd is here. She was on the Orange County uh, Redistricting Commission for the Board of Education. She'll talk to us about that. Uh, And she's really well informed about local politics. And so she's going to help me guide you through your June ballot for Orange County elections and the statewide. Um, Let's get started. So, welcome to A Slice of Orange. Today I'm talking with Kathy Hurd, who's active in local politics. I'll tell you her bio in just a sec. Um, She's a contributor to Orange Juice Blog, which is great if you haven't checked it out. I encourage you to go and read it. We'll link to it in the show notes because their team has been keeping me informed about local politics uh, and behind the scenes actions for years and years and years. And one of the only places that does a deep dive on who's on the ballot and what to expect. Kathy's also served as our county uh, on the county committee for redistricting for the Orange County Board of Education which is a whole telenovela in itself that we're going to get to. Kathy, welcome. Thank you. So tell me how you got interested in local politics and and, and a little bit about how endorsements work behind okay. the scenes because we don't often see that part. So tell me how you got involved and interested in local 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 politics.
1: Well, my parents um, we've always lived in Orange County, and they've always been interested in, in politics. And they got all of us kids involved in politics, basically just watching the races, see who's being elected, who's being endorsed, and that kind of got me involved. So then I went to work, of course, like everybody else, sure. and got all involved in work. But when I moved over to um, education and started working at the Anaheim elementary school district then politics became really serious and important to me because sure. i want to elect my boss right sure <laughs> and the school board races became very important to me also i'm part of a union the california schools employees association and um i became a uh, part of their political um committee i was a pack what they call a pack um um i'm a So political
0: action committee and and, and those PACs endorse and donate
1: really, really crucially important. So we got involved in California politics or I got involved in California politics through that view. Okay, and we um, we would get together and we would endorse um, state and local area politicians Mm -hmm. based on how they viewed education. My mother was a teacher. I had been a teacher. I also worked as a librarian. So I was very committed to the education of our children and who got elected to run those particular state programs. Sure. And and that's so crucial with low information elections. Most individual
0: voters can't go around and meet every single Mm -hmm. candidate. And so those endorsements become important when you are a teacher, you trust your local union. Right. or not depending on how they've done in the past, <laughs> but, but that's a really good way to do that. And, and some endorsements are that, that, yes. you know, if, if some ultra conservative group is endorsing somebody, maybe my liberal friends don't want to take that endorsement and the reverse. Exactly. And so learning a little bit about that, about you know, trusting the people who do interview and meet with the the candidates is really, really crucially important.
1: Right. And that's part of how I got involved in local, local politics. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that the people who were actually going to be running my school district were valid, reasonable people who took education seriously.
0: And that's how, you know, I got involved in the League of Women Voters for the same reason, Mm -hmm. because we conduct candidate forums. And and in the fall, I will promote the heck out of all those candidate forums for local school boards, local city council, those on the ground, lowest information elections Mm -hmm. that transform the direction by making policy decisions for your school, for your community. And, And so it is really, really important. And you know, you only have to be at one of those candidate forums for about 10 minutes before you know exactly who should be on the board. And you think, why isn't this room packed? Well, I wish all the voters could, could see this. So, yes. um, yeah, I think I think we all get hooked on, yes. on that um, part of it and and wanting to evangelize and share <laughs> that information yes. of you have to pay
1: attention to local elections. Yes, because they set the tone for all of education in your city and for your children. So it's critically important that you pay attention to who's on that school board because they actually set the direction of education for your children in your community.
0: So this episode, you know, is airing before our ballots come. The ballots are coming, ballots are coming. Um, I'm so excited for the ballots to come. We've got about a month. Uh, fr- from the time that they arrive in mailboxes until the June 7th deadline to get it back. OCVote.com has all the information. For those of you who, who want to know if your ballot hasn't come by May 11th, you should be checking um, with them. You can get a replacement ballot, but let's talk about this ballot. Let's talk about this election. And, and for those of you who aren't obsessed with the June uh, election quite yet, I, I hope you come along on the ride. Um, essentially, this is, I see it referred to all the time as the June primary election. Mm-hmm. And that's only half correct. Right. So some of what we're doing on this ballot are primary. The, the old days of Republicans voting only for Republicans and Democrats voting for only Democrats is gone. California, we have a top two advance. So all voters are going to see these partisan races where there are Republican candidates and Green Party candidates and Democratic candidates all on the ballot. And whoever the top two is advances to November where the winner actually is crowned. But then tell me about the second part of
1: this. Well, part of it is, like you said, it's about who's going to advance for November. But it's also very critical because all your really local races can be on this particular ballot. And in particular, some of those are your Orange County Department of Ed trustees, yeah. along with your superintendent of the um, Orange yeah. County Department of Ed. So,
0: and we'll talk in detail about each of the offices. Some of them, yeah. you could win if if, if you know there's there's a couple of our Orange County races where nobody's running against them, so they're definitely going to win in in right. June. Um, Don Barnes doesn't have a challenger, so he's going to win. Andrew Hamilton, the auditor controller, is going to win. But if, let's say, Hugh Wynn, the county clerk recorder comes up with 53% of the vote, he wins and there's it doesn't appear in November. Exactly. But the races you just talked about are done in June no matter what. Exactly. exactly. So the Board of Education, the superintendent of Orange County Schools, June is it. If you wait until November, you've lost the opportunity to cast a vote. Exactly. So it's not a primary for those. No. And it's not a primary if you can win in June with a majority of the vote. So these Orange County elections are so important. And I don't see a lot of people paying attention
1: yet. That's making me nervous. You know, the truth is, I didn't pay much attention either in this last couple of races. But that was before we had a group take a majority of the Orange County Department Board of Education. And yeah. now we've got a problem. We have a major problem. And I've been
0: talking to some of the candidates for that. You can listen to the the podcast with Paulette Chafee and, and Shereen Smith. My uh, episode with Alma Horace, who's running for superintendent, which is a little bit quirky that we elect a superintendent. We don't do that in our local races. Uh, <laughs> usually the board hires them. I yeah. am forever grateful on this one occasion that that quirk exists because the board that we currently have would have fired the incredibly qualified and such a kind manager that we have in Almoharis and replaced him with their own candidate. They're trying to do that on the ballot.
1: Yes, he's actually uh, very well regarded by all the school boards of Orange County. Yes. And that's what you need to know is that he directly works with the the school boards for all of Orange County. Right. So, right. It depends on the Orange County Board of Education. Really, doesn't have a lot of power in your school districts, but they do certain things that affect the education of all yes. our children. They are the ones to approve the LCAP committees. Well, right. the LCAP is for local control list. budget. Exactly. Yeah. And that sets the direction that education goes in your public schools within your school district. So they have approval of that. And that's a a key position. They also provide a lot of support for your school districts and your teachers within your school district by posting specific educational forums about particular issues Mm -hmm. that are relevant to public education.
0: Yeah. So we're going to come back to the local. I know you and I just want to dive into that. But I do want, for for those listeners who are starting at the top of their ballot, they're like, what about governor? What about governor? Uh Um, Most of these races and a little bit of why we're breezing on by is two reasons. First, um, there's not a lot of competition. We had that recall last September, and we had a lot of money and a lot of attention. And this time, there's kind of no major Republican challenging the incumbent Governor who's running for re-election, California. I think the last time we didn't re-elect a governor was 1940s, uh, with Culbert Olson, for those of you who are playing the trivia game. Um, it, it's just so also the second reason, um if you belong to a part- political party, vote for that party. Trust your political party. Uh, the endorsements, look at those. I'm not going to pretend to convince a Republican to vote for a Democrat on the ballot. Those are partisan offices, the top two advance. Um, But let's just take a look briefly. I'm not going to go over everybody who's on the ballot. You got a sample ballot for that. And again, Orange Juice Blog does an incredible job of covering all these. So I'm going to recommend you go there. But we've got the governor and the constitutional offices, most governor, lieutenant governor, treasurer, insurance commissioner, Superintendent of Public Instruction, all incumbents likely to win.
1: Yes, I would agree with that. Um,
0: Shirley Weber, Secretary of State, and Ron bon, uh, Rob Bonta, the Attorney General, who were appointed by Newsom, have to be on the ballot to get elected by the people. No okay. real big, serious challengers there, probably going to be elected. Okay. So the only open seat is um, controller Betty Yee, who's termed out of office. And so that's an open seat. Um, there's some people running. Uh, you know, the top two will advance to November. Um, you and I are are huge fans of Betty Yee. We've shared yeah. that. Um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about how you got to know her, because I think that's part of the behind the scenes of how endorsements work. So where were you when you flew up to Sacramento to interview her as a candidate?
1: Okay, so I belong to um, the California School Employees Association. And part of that is political action. And I am involved in political action for that. And we went up to Sacramento to interview who was going to be um, in that particular position. And one of the ones we interviewed was Betty Yee. And she was a standout to all of us in that particular interview because she was so articulate and so intelligent. And her, her whole point of view about government and how we are all responsible for who we we elect was amazing. She um she spoke to me. She, you know, she made me feel like this mm-hmm. is somebody I can count on to take this position as serious. And I don't, it's not a stepping stone to her. It oh, was wow. more of I'm going to take this position and I'm going to govern over this particular department. And make yes. sure that we follow what the democratic process is. And yes. that is critical if you want somebody who's going to take care of all of the people within the state.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And she's done an incredible job, every yes. every position she's had. And, and I think that that highlights what the people who make those endorsements are supposed to do. Exactly. Meet the candidates, have them answer questions about that organization, and then share with their members their recommendations and endorsements. So seek those out when you don't know, you know, who to vote for, seek out those endorsements, And, you know, I think Kathy and I will form the draft Betty Yee for whatever position she would love to run for. Um, I would love, love, love to see her in 2026 um, become the first woman governor of California. Um, I I don't know if she's interested in that, but uh, if, if somebody listening to, to, to this finds out that she is, uh, I, I will join her campaign immediately because she is just an incredible treasure and has served our state well. Yeah. So tell me, there's a little quirk, and I know I'm going to get lots of questions about why are we voting for two senators for the same position? So there's the six-year term, full term for United States Senator Alex Padilla, who was appointed by Newsom to replace Kamala Harris, who was right. won the vice presidency. I get that six-year term, but then there's also this. Special vacancy for the remainder of the unexpired term, which ends January 3rd. So we're electing somebody from November to January. Yes. Explain to me why we're doing that.
1: Okay. All of this has to do with the census and with state and federal law and how we set up to make sure that our um, districts are done correctly without gerrymandering. So basically what happens is in this all affects how I actually got involved in all of this nonsense um, <laughs> because um, in 2020 we had a census. And because of COVID, um, it really backed up the system on how that how the census was collected and how it was then um, checked to make sure that we had right. all the areas covered yes. How the, how the maps were drawn, okay? So in most cases, when you have that happen, when you have a census, everything has to be collected, reviewed. The data has to be checked. You have to get demographers in to set up these territories based on who will be elected. Right. And in some cases, ter- these particular territories change for each one of these particular. And
0: we're gonna see that next on the ballot when we talk about House of Representatives and State Senate and -hmm. Assembly,
1: all redistricting with new months. Right, because of the census and how the population moves. But the United States Senate
0: doesn't change. We elect two senators. So why is the Senate affected by redistricting or the census?
1: Because it depends on how the population moves within those particular areas. And you can see that happen in previous elections, where you've had big, big amounts of populations move based on where the homes are being built. But, but why does that affect the fact that
0: Kamala Harris's term, which should end like everybody else's in January 2023, why does Alex Padilla's term as an appointed senator?
1: end with the election in November. Because when values change, it makes a difference and may move one person out of their elected area to another area. But this is United States Senate. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It's quirky election law is the answer. Yeah. It's all based on state and federal law, which was created in the recent years to cover gerrymandering.
0: So whoever you elect to that second uh, part on the ballot will serve between November and January. And then whoever wins the full term uh, will serve for the next six years. And then we won't have this quirky little thing. Yes. Uh, next on your ballot is going to be Board of Equalization. The state is divided up into different regions. Orange County uh, has Mike Schaefer, who's running for re-election for the 4th District. There's a couple of people challenging him. I see David Dodson campaigning a lot. Uh, also a Democrat on the ballot, so we'll see what happens uh, with that in November. Then we've got all is redistricted, and 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 the entire puzzle pieces of of the jigsaw puzzle of House of Representatives, state Senate, Assembly have been reimagined, yeah. and the pieces have been moved, and so you're likely, whether you know it or not, in a different. Uh, district for those three areas that your represent uh, that your representatives are asking for your votes you may see different people it may say incumbent and you've never heard of them because they didn't used to represent <laughs> you so uh they represented somebody else and again these are partisan races there's going to be a republican there's going to be a democrat there's going to be you know our minor parties that are trying to get enough votes um and if you don't like any of the above you can vote for one of those minor parties and Help them stay on the ballot in the future because they have to meet minimum requirements of, of of getting representation. But but again, whether or not you want to vote for any of the candidates, the top two in those races are going to advance to November. Right. So, Orange Juice Blog, other places have kind of covered that. I talked about it in an earlier episode uh, of redistricting with the Fullerton Observer, but. Trust the people who are endorsing, do your own research. Google is an amazing, amazing, amazing research tool that tells you lots about scandals you may have missed or forgotten. (laughs) Um, And we've got local media. We've got Orange County Register. We've got The Voice of OC. We've got The Los Angeles Times. We've got Orange Juice Blog. We've got Fullerton Observer. We've got lots of resources that are trying to do their best to keep voters informed. So let's get into the Orange County elections where. We could see all of these races done in June.
1: Yes, it's um, you're you're going to see lots of interesting things happen with the congressional districts. Um, yes, an example would be Katie Porter, who was in one particular congressional district and now yeah. in another. So now it's, she's it's been moved. It's just a slight variance in those boundaries makes a huge difference in who you're going to sure. be Sure.
0: Jay Chen, Democrat uh, running for Congress, thought he was running against Young Kim, and he got moved into a different district that makes more sense. Uh, And so both he and (laughs) Michelle, he's taking on Michelle Steele now. So, um, yeah, lots of people have shifted around our Orange County uh, map. And so we're going to see. What else are you looking for on, on June 7th as you and I are both at our computers hitting refresh to see what the results are. OCVote.com has great results. I love checking them on, on election nights, but what other races are, are you interested to see what happens?
1: Well, of course there's always the local school board elections. Those yeah. Let's are dive important. into that.
0: So we are looking at a County superintendent of schools and mm-hmm. three, because Tim Shaw was elected in 2020 <laughs> then there was a lawsuit because he was serving on both the city council and of La Habra at the same time as right. the orange county board of education he decided to resign from the lahabra city well first he had to resign from the board because he couldn't hold two positions right then in december he resigned from lahabra city council so he could be reappointed mm-hmm. the law that says you can't be reappointed <laughs> for the position you just quit but The judge threw that out, and so he's running again to fill the term that he quit from. And if you're confused, don't worry. It's just on the ballot. But that's why there are three races instead of what we were expecting, which was only two. Right. So you served on the redistricting commission for this board, which was a whole mishagosh. Of what was happening, and we were following from afar. Tell us a little bit about what that was like on the inside. How did you get appointed to be on this redistricting? This is not the state redistricting where we have the complicated factor. The county board of education Mm -hmm. redistricts their own lines, your city council redistricts their own lines, your local school board redistricts their lines, the county supervisors redistrict their lines. How did you get involved with being on the map makers? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, it's kind of a funny story. Sure, it always is, right? Yeah. So a friend of mine um contacted me. I I retired about three years ago. And she contacted me and said, Hey, you know, you're you're I I we get along great. We sure. worked together before, and she says, We have this opening on the Orange County Um Department of Ed uh Committee. And basically what they do is They check and make sure that when school districts want to move from an at-large district to a trustee district, um, they make up, they hire a demographer, they make, they create the maps, but then they have to be approved. And the county committee, that's what they do. They approve these maps coming from these school districts that are going from at-large districts to districts or representation. So she says, it's not a big deal. We, we meet maybe three or four times a year. If there's nobody who's, who's redistricting, we just sure. you know, meet and then we go. It's, um, you know, we could carpool together and give us a chance to sure. dinner. Um, sure. And, um, it's, you know, it's a way for you to stay involved. in Absolutely. Summer. So I said, sure, I'll, I'll do it. So what you have to do is you have to apply. And you just send them the information about yourself and why you would be um, interested to be part of this committee. And then this goes to all the school districts in Orange County, and they vote on who's going to be on this committee. And in most cases, in fact, probably all, it's somebody who is a school board member. Sure. But it doesn't have to be. Sure. And they couldn't find anybody who wanted to do this for trustee area one, which is mm-hmm. the area that I live in. So she asked if I wanted to do it. I applied. Right. She probably talked me up at, at the meetings and they yeah. voted me in. Okay. Because yeah. it all follows government policy and government sure. policy. Means sure. We want to, to have support.
0: representatives from all over the county. Yep. Absolutely. And, and it's a very small pool of people who are paying attention enough to care.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. I get. 11. So, how many people
0: were on the committee? There's eleven. Eleven people drawn maps for this. Yes. Well,
1: hold on. Because sure. <laughs> nothing happens easy. Of course not. <laughs> That's true with this too. So, yeah. it usually is. What we we like I said, it has to do with local school boards and local um, districts, school districts. But 2020 is a census year. Right. And 2020 means there's different rules. We have to have, we have a census and based on the census, it determines whether those districts or those districts for these different areas stay the same or move. Yes. Okay. So we expected to have more school boards because it's becoming almost impossible in most areas to stay at large. Right. Even the small districts, Brea Brea went to district. Savannah has four schools. Right. Right. (laughs) And they had to go to districts. Okay. So like I said, we had this, the census came, but the census was delayed because of COVID. Right. So that shortened the timeline. Not only that, but in November of last year, we were told, oh, by the way, you are responsible for approving the maps for the Orange County Board of Education. Now, this is huge. Right. Not, not only that, but we're told that this particular, these particular maps go for the next 10 years. Correct. Right. So I'm sitting on the board and I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here. Right. <laughs> right. You're telling yes. me that our, committee is responsible for the approval before it goes to the state yes. and federal government of these maps and we yes. see nothing and it's November the 8th. It's November and the filing deadline is, it's, you know. At that time work. we were told December 15th. Right. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yes.
0: So and, and so that means, and, and one of the triggers of do you have to redraw the map or not is if there's a variance of 10% or more. So if they don't have to be perfectly equal, but clearly population had shifted around that this this map had to be redrawn. And so you have to do that. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So let's fast forward to when you finish the map. Oh wait, but we didn't finish the map. Even though we are responsible (laughs) for doing this, the Orange County Board of Education Trustees decided that they were going to do the map. Yes. Okay. They they they, they wanted to do the map their themselves. Personal committee, which, if you look at it, is very. I don't know how to say this. It's almost criminal, because you, the people involved are not supposed to be drawing their own map. Correct. Which makes sense because you don't want the people who are actually going to be elected for these positions to gerrymander a a map in their favor. And and what we talk about in political science all the
0: time is that the the goal of redistricting is to draw maps that are fair, Mm -hmm. that allow the voters to choose their representatives. Right. And when it is gerrymandered to this degree, you allow the representatives to choose their own voters. Yes. And that corrupts the entire system. That's why we're yes. opposed to it. It's not because of who would benefit or not, it's because it corrupts the system exactly. allowing people who got elected to stay in power and that's anti-democratic and so we're against it.
1: Right. It's a what we're trying to do is create a fair and equitable equitable yes. system to yes. allow anyone to become a part of governing their own right. state, county, whatever, Right. okay? We also want to make And, and that's sure why
0: democracy is scary because if you do it right, anyone yes. can win. Yes. It, and that creates incentives to corrupt the process, which is why we end up with it. But <laughs> they
1: want to draw the map. So they, they create their own them. special committee of two trustees. They hire their own demographers and they create a map, Okay. All of this came to us in November. Oh, right. A month before we were supposed to do this. Nobody told us. Staff didn't tell us. I don't know why. I don't know why it was not given to us from them. But instead of including us in the process, they excluded us from the process. Right. Okay. Which is against state and federal law because I'm not approving anything I haven't had education or information on. Right. They came to us November and said, You're, you've are you got to approve this map. And by the way, ignore the people behind the curtain. Just sign here. Right, right. Okay? Ignore the people behind the curtain.
0: Yeah. And and again, Voice of OC has all the details. They they were tracking
1: this live. So if you were to go on to the Orange County Department of Ed at this moment and mm-hmm. to look at the bios of who are trustees, on this particular board, you would see that there is a slant in a particular direction. Okay? Right. We talked about that before. We've talked about that with our with, with our past uh, episode.
0: So we have a 4-1 right. block uh, of incumbents. Three are on the ballot. Um, and so the voters have an opportunity to change the trajectory of this right. board and, and possibly reverse some of the
1: damage that has been done in the last two right. years. If you look carefully at the board and read what they say, they tell you flat out in front of God and everybody, right, <laughs> that they are charter school proponents. Okay? Yes. And that is their only cause that they are and, interested in. And to be more
0: accurate, not just charter schools. I'm a huge proponent of charter schools, Mm -hmm. you know, multi-age charter schools, magnet schools, the school of the arts, Mm -hmm. Oxford Academy. We have amazing public nonprofit charters that benefit everyone. This is an agenda for something completely different. This is what we heard about with Betsy DeVos being appointed secretary of education this is for-profit, this is agendized, this is Hillsdale College, even though it's a non-profit here, the Hillsdale College curriculum that, that, that wants to bring the Trump Project of 1776, right. um, which, which has been just completely eviscerated by any academic as as mm-hmm. just not even getting close to their own stated goals, which is a classical Education, but it's just so inaccurate and so poorly done in so many ways that it falls short there as well. So it's it's you know I I, I hate when when it gets mischaracterized um, as just being charter versus public school because there are amazing public charter schools right. that that are you know seamlessly um, integrated into a school district and run by the local school board. This exactly. is the attempt and what I think is really crucially different and why this agenda exists to be pro-charter for the county board of education is because they want to take that power away from the local school boards.
1: Exactly. And they have. They've done it very well over the last Orange County Classical, Ac- Classical Academy Um, and more are coming. Right. And in fact, if you look back to the beginning of this with Anaheim elementary school district and the Palm Lane situation. Yes. You have a failed charter school by any standard. Correct. They are now down to maybe 200. They've replaced their principal every six months. I'm not kidding. I know this. I've researched it. Sure. Sure. And they are still approved by the Orange County Board of Education. They will not take that away from them. Right. They are now being moved out because a new charters coming in that will be approved by the board of education right. if they and they don't care whether it's a failed system or Correct. follows the state and school you know, state and public guidelines they just want it approved and then they never let them go right they, they never right. let that let right go so it and it's a, a vacuum of intelligent yes. selection of charter schools for our orange county okay? Right. And we've
0: got the superintendent. So we've got those three elections that you can look up um, for, for the trustees, but we've also got the superintendent. And we voters are not prepared to vote for our superintendents. We're not well practiced at it. No. And it's tough because ideally, these are not politicians. Ideally, they are not. Right? Right they're managers. And right. you know, I often joke that I would be terrible at running for my own job. I don't want to be a politician. I just want to do a good job. Right. And, and I think that uh, our incumbent, uh, who who you, you noted, is so incredibly well-respected exactly. as a manager, as a superintendent, as a leader of our Orange County schools, Dr. Alma Harris, but he is not a politician.
1: Right. And the so, problem
0: is- Forcing him to now campaign, forcing him to raise money, (laughs) takes him away from the job we want him to do, and puts him into a totally different thing. And the opponent is the board secretary
1: of the charter school. Yes. And well, well, um, well funded. Well funded. He's also a big um, co, um, what do I want to say here? He and the president of the Orange County Board of Education and her husband are all involved in the charter school system and major proponents without any state or government regulations of the charter school. And you can easily Google Jeff
0: Barkey, Mary Barkey, who's uh, Jeff Barkey is the president of the charter school board that the challenger, Stephen Bean is the board secretary for and Jeff Barkey is married to Mary Barkey, Barkey. who's the board president. Right. So there we go. Uh, of all those connections and Google will will reveal all um, and there's lots of stories about it but we get busy and it's tough. It you know it just flies by and then when we're ready to sit down and actually take the the the, the test on our ballot we sometimes forget some of the study material. So we're just bringing that all to your attention. If you're somebody who wants that charter school, uh, you know who to vote for. Um, But but if if you want to support public education, the the choice is clear in June. There is a clear policy direction, and there's very little in between and in the middle.
1: Right. And that's the problem. We don't want just any charter school. You want them to follow (laughs) the same regulations and requirements that yeah. the state and federal government have applied to public education. If so you tell don't me, have I've, that background... Yes. Right. I've got a, a question for you. The local
0: school elections, school board elections are in November. Most teachers right. are, are just trying to get through the end of the year. Do you think with your involvement at a school district where you wanted to get involved, do our local school Unions, our local school packs, the classified yeah. staff, the teachers' right. and unions, do they know how important this election is?
1: Are they—are they paying attention? Honey, I didn't even know until I'm worried about this. Uh, yes, it's critical that we understand who's putting their fingers in the educational pie. Yeah, and so I'm hoping that those dedicated... of you who are
0: listening and share this with others. Get involved um, yes. and, and get the word out. And again, whichever side you want to choose, right? You need to, to show up at the ballot informed.
1: Yes. And there, yeah. and as you have stated, Google is your friend when it comes right. to finding out this information. And yeah. you don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe anybody else. Right. Make your own decision, but make Absolutely. an educated
0: decision. Make an educated and informed decision. Well, so go I online. Hope, <laughs> I hope the local public educators that are listening uh, <laughs> call their PACs, call their unions, and say we sh- we might want a phone bank for this. This is going to yes. radically transform education in Orange County.
1: Yes, and all you have to do is go online and look at the Orange County Department of Education. Yep. They each have a bio on the. Yeah. on the trustee. and ballot
0: statements uh for the for the three uh it's it's trustee uh area two four and five and and yes. they've got ballot statements
1: okay. okay you can do the same thing for your own local school board and it's
0: critical that you do critical that you do yeah and and there there are some you know buzzwords that are are there for a reason of trying to signal exactly what they're doing but on this level it is pretty pretty clear and obvious nobody is hiding their no, intention, one no, way they're or not. The other.
1: Yeah. If you look at these people's bios, you will yeah. see that we have a crisis in political ethics. On yes. who, whether we're governing to govern for all, right. or a few; whether we're governing to make sure that public education does what it's supposed to, or not. And Absolutely. Well, I'm going to say it: they're morally bankrupt. Sure. What they're doing is, is. A morally bankrupt decision to to force a particular political agenda on yeah. top of a program that should be only about public education. Yeah, and 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 I am
0: and forecasting ahead to November to say this is the prequel. That mm-hmm. this election in June will tell you what's going to happen in every single local board, yeah. um, and and the folks who you know got a majority. Uh, in the Placentia Linda School District, that's getting in all the news. Terrifying. Are going to take that show on the road, and they're going to, to to take it to your local school board to try to, to have the a majority agenda
1: away from right. political education right. and right. onto a political stage. Yes, that's not yes. what we want. We want people who are serious about public education and absolutely protecting public education as a whole, and government as a whole, because yes. their agenda is to make this more about politics than it is about government.
0: So. Absolutely. That's so, so well done. Yeah. So let's talk about what's the rest of the ballot. So Orange County. Uh, We've got supervisors. Now, the supervisors could go if if nobody gets a majority of of the vote, they would go to November. Everybody else is that. June is one and done for the Board of Education uh, and the superintendent. That's your only chance to do that. But the rest of the things we're going to talk about, County Board of Supervisors, the county offices, Mm -hmm. district attorney is sucking up all the oxygen in the room. They've been campaigning for a year. Uh, It it feels like the campaign that will never end, but it will almost certainly go to November because I doubt with four candidates running, anybody's going to get a majority, but who knows. So let's talk supervisors. Again, that was redistricted. Was that your group or a different group that drew those
1: maps? That was a different group. We are only involved in public education and the school school districts within Orange County. Yeah. No. Does this Orange County supervisors get involved in that? They just did in a lawsuit and an injunction, which didn't pass. Right. So you've got you've got supervisors who are sticking their fingers in public education again. Yes. an Issue because you got to stay in your lane, people. <laughs> right.
0: Right. And you know, I am idealistic enough to think that we should have free and fair elections. What that a would be nice. But but drawing the lines can, can affect the outcome, and that's what people are trying to do. Exactly. Um, so in Orange County, these are divided. We take the county and divide it into five, and so not everyone will have a county supervisor. But if you live in the 2nd District, the 4th District, or the 5th District, uh, you're going to have that race on the ballot. Exactly. And so uh, we've got some races there, and they are nonpartisan on your ballot. However. A a, a number of political parties have gotten involved and endorsed, met, and talked with, and endorsed their candidates. Uh, If nobody gets a majority of the vote, it'll go to November and we'll do it all again with the top two candidates. But um, anything interesting that you see there? Um, Again. Trina Foley's running for re-election, so Mm -hmm. uh, she's going to likely advance to November. I don't know with all the people on the ballot if she'll... um, Get a majority, but she's well known as an incumbent,
1: but in a new area where people don't know her. Right. So it's critical that people use their Google um, and and research these people and what they are saying online. Yes, Because that's where you're going to get the information you need to make an intelligent choice. And in addition to Google, I also
0: recommend you follow some of these folks on social media. And and within a couple of weeks, you will have a very clear picture Mm -hmm. of who they want to represent and what they want to do. Yes. Uh, So our county offices working for the Orange County, we elect so many people. Mm -hmm. um, And and a few that I don't think the offices should be elected. I would vote for them to be appointed because who knows what our assessor does. But there we go. We elect them. And every four years, I go, what does the assessor do again? Oh, right. They look at the property taxes and do all of that. But we're electing now.
1: Claude yes. Parrish
0: is the incumbent. Uh, Rick Fo- Fo- uh, Foster has gotten some support um, to challenge him. Uh, with three people on the ballot, it may or may not get a majority. Um, these low information uh, votes, so often people are just not doing any research and just casting a ballot. I remind my students every election, when in doubt, leave it length. Um, and, and my example for that is the county clerk recorder. Um, Steve Rocco, for those of you who have paid attention, is a perennial candidate. Uh, he runs for a lot of things. He's been stuck on a county clerk recorder and last election got over 100,000 votes. And anyone with Google or YouTube um, could pretty quickly find out why that might not be a good use of your vote. Uh, The Orange School Board discovered that long ago. Yes. Um, Chapman University discovered the problem uh, long ago. So I encourage you to leave it blank if you don't know anything um, or do some research and you'll quickly discover uh, at least who not to vote for. Um, I assume maybe. You like conspiracy theorists to uh, uh, take hours and hours and hours, um, but the county clerk recorder is an actual job.
1: It is. And it's really vital that we not only look at what they do and how they do it, but what the job actually needs in order to function. If we pick right. somebody who has no experience and no expertise in some of these Positions, you're going to get a mess. A mess. Somebody who doesn't understand and cannot direct how that job should be done. Correct. And so you want. So if you're looking for a taxpayer, you better find somebody who actually understands taxes to vote. Right. Right. So when you look down that ballot, and they say, "Well, this person is running for county assessor," and He has no accounting ability and no background in that. That should guide your vote on whether or not you pick them.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Those ballot designations end up being crucially important. They're not always great. Sometimes people fudge a little bit. So, again, reading the ballot statement, doing a Google search, or, or... Leave it blank if you're not willing to do that. Vote for what you know. And especially for my students who this is your first, first election and you're busy with with, with school, uh, you can leave it blank and vote for what you know. Vote for what's important to you and learn more as you go. But really setting some time apart and, and Googling and reading that ballot statement are the best ways to start this process.
1: And I know that's boring but as a librarian, do your research.
0: Do Do your your research. research, Yeah. And, and I, you know, guilt my students a little bit uh, uh, to say, you know, people, people fought for this right. Exactly. They starved. They went on hunger, hunger strikes. They were beaten for the right to vote. And those folks across the world that don't have the right to vote would do almost anything for the opportunity that we take for granted. So um, a little bit of guilt, a little bit of guilt, uh, set aside some time and do your homework. Um, The the hot race, again, is the district attorney. We've got district attorney, public administrator, but district attorney is what everybody concentrates on. Um, We've got four candidates running, and I can't even imagine how much money is being spent. Huge
1: amounts of sums. Huge sums are being spent on these particular races, and you need to know where the money comes from. Yeah. And whether or not that's something something I'm glad you brought
0: that up, because that's something that we often forget to actually research when it comes to the County Board of Supervisors. You know, uh, in 2020, Don Wagner was so supported by the Sheriff's Union um, and and it really impacted the race because he had so much money to spend on campaigning. uh, And and it really is important to know where that money comes from. It is. Um, we, I mean, we've talked about union endorsements and PACs. So it's not that we're demonizing any group that supports, but it's important for voters to be aware of that.
1: It, it's very important because if you don't understand where that money is coming from and what their agenda is, right. you could make a critical mistake. I know we all right. talk about how we want um, good government, but good policing is also a critical importance To anyone who lives in Orange County. Right. And we need to make sure on on what their agenda is. So if you hear that the police union is is backing someone, you need to know what the police union is and what they support. This does not mean we are against police. Right, right. It just means that you gotta follow that money and what is their agenda, because that changes how you look at who they are
0: supporting absolutely absolutely so todd spitzer and pete hardner paying uh spending the most money todd spitzer is the incumbent um i think he's been on a ballot of mine since 1992 when he was in the school board he's incredibly well known he's a former assemblyman he's a former supervisor but he's also uh been wracked with scandals both in the district attorney's office Mm -hmm. so professionally as well as personally and it looked like to me that um, a number of district attorneys in his office uh, were leaking information about him personally um, before the filing deadline (laughs) before the filing deadline uh, and and I don't know if it'll hurt him or not Uh, you know I, I know a couple of folks who said hey he was against the airport in south orange county and i i'm gonna vote for him no matter what i'm like uh so the airport's not on the ballot um yeah really this is about our district attorney his name recognition is off the charts i don't know that there's a voter in the county that hasn't voted for or against todd spitzer on some election in the last
1: 30 years it's really important there that you listen to what he's saying you need to, you need to follow the money and you also need to listen to what he's saying and what the public is saying about him. Yes. Not just what his friends are saying about him, but what the public is Correct. saying about him. And people who
0: have been fired, yes. uh, you know, about the toxic environment, uh, you know, and, and and again, Voice of OC, Los Angeles Times, ABC, lots of news media covered this Orange County Register. Tony Saavedra has, I mean, just done. Uh, Yeoman's work in covering uh, the, the the sheriff's office, the district attorney's office uh, um, are, you know, when we talk nationally about political issues, about police brutality or criminal justice reform, mm-hmm. it's your local elections where you
1: make those choices. Yes. And, and it critically affects what could happen to you at a stop by police. So you yeah. need to pay attention to right. who is running the district attorney's office. And another thing you need to ask yourself is, has this person ever worked on the other side? Because if you don't have uh, a well-developed background on both against the police and for the police and against, um, you know, against civil rights and for civil rights, then you're really not paying attention to what these people do. Yeah.
0: And so we've got two other candidates. We'll see if that makes it go to a runoff election. It it will be, it it increases the difficulty of getting 50% when you have four candidates. Michael Jacobs is a retired uh, prosecutor. Brian Chehok is uh, a a federal prosecutor who's in the race. Uh, We have some forums. The League of Women Voters has a forum on May 10th. There's other groups that have forums that you can watch live in person or on Zoom. So I really encourage you to look at these candidates, um, to, to look at the research. Uh, and then we'll see what happens. There's uh, Auditor-Controller Andrew Hamilton is uncontested. Sheriff-Coroner Don Barnes is uncontested. Treasurer-Tax Collector Jay Friedenrich is uncontested. So they're winning their re-elections. Um, I, you know, my personal regret is that uh, even if Don Barnes is wildly supported that we didn't have a debate, I, I think right. that elections can lead to public discourse about, um, I, I've, I've done a podcast uh, episode with Tony Sabajer, the reporter from the Orange County Register about this, but, You know, the sheriff's office didn't get to this point overnight. It's not gonna get cleaned up overnight, but I think the public discourse of what is Don Barnes doing as sheriff
1: right. to improve
0: and reform the, the culture and, and the behavior of those sheriff's deputies that have been caught in illegal actions who have broken the law um, and, and I'd like to hear from him. And unfortunately, uh, the fact that we have no challenger means we don't get that public discourse.
1: And I would really like to plug the League of Women Voters. They're very neutral.
0: Yes. They do an
1: excellent job of uh, yes. asking the correct, the right questions to yeah. get, their, get to an informed decision about which way you want to vote.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. Uh, you know, we really do want to protect that. You know, I... I'm not interested in telling you how to vote. I, mm-hmm. I, I want to teach you how to make decisions about voting. Um, and, and so that leads to the lowest of the low information. And I've spent a lot of time on judicial elections because it is so hard to get information. Um, you, you end up with a name and a ballot designation uh, and not much else. Again, mm-hmm. we don't want them to be politicians. Um, so I kind of want them to be really bad at campaigning because I don't want them to be great politicians who uh, raise tons of money and 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 want to shake hands all the time. I want them to be good arbiters of 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 judgment. I want them right. to do their jobs. But we do well, have some politicians on the ballot that you can Google. Quite a few. Um, <laughs> and so, any that you uh, want to talk about that you might want to direct our listeners to uh, type into the search bar. Sean Nelson is a former supervisor uh, that's been in uh, City Council of Fullerton prior to that. Uh, He's been running for this judicial race since he was on board supervisors. Uh, And so there's a couple of articles about campaign finance violations of running, uh, getting donations while you're a supervisor uh, for the next job that you want.
1: And this Um, is... Very common with yep. local politics, you find people who don't understand how government works and don't understand what the regulations are when it comes to politics. So, Or they, they know and things, they don't care. <laughs> yeah, or they don't care, which is very true in the um, o- OCDE. They just don't care. Correct. So you need to be really careful. I know that um, in trustee area two, Martha, Martha Floor is running. Yeah. In trustee area four, Paulette Chafee is running. In trustee area five, uh-huh. Shireen Smith is running. Yeah. You need to look carefully at who is actually running against the current yeah. um trustees and why right. running right. against the current trustees. And yeah. what do they want to achieve when they're in office? Yes. So, Yes. If you look carefully, if you go to Google, if you look at the local newspapers or the lo- local pods or the local um, um, online yeah. podcasts and everything else, they're going to give you an idea of what those people are about and yeah. whether or not they are politicians or whether or not they are looking to govern your local um, right offices. And that's key. It what is. It is. Do they have the background?
0: Do they right. Have education? Right. And yeah. the demeanor. You know, you know, we've got a couple of people who uh, we've seen, uh, you know, yeah. all, uh, on Santa Ana City College, uh, uh, um, Community College District, Rancho Santiago Community College District. And before that, Claudia Alvarez was on the Santa Ana City Council. You can talk to those people about her professional demeanor, her po- political actions. Um, you can Google um, when, you know, she called somebody Hitler um, from the dais. And whether or not that's the demeanor you want on the the bench. And and again, you can vote for her, but you should know, you should be aware of that. And and maybe she's changed. Maybe she has, you know, been reformed. I'm not interested in in demonizing anyone, but um, that's the information that's out there. And you want to go to the candidate forums, you want to learn about them. But wow, there's just so many people on the ballot, it's almost impossible to meet everybody.
1: It is. It is. It's very difficult, but um, you can do your due diligence. You can look it up. And that's really important. If you're not going to look it up, don't vote. Don't vote. Yeah. Well, just leave that part blank. It's not
0: an all or nothing.
1: Right. Vote for what you know. And, uh, and, and
0: the more you get involved and hopefully Kathy and I uh, the the experiences that we've had is that you get sucked in, right. You go to a city council meeting and then you want to know how the next episode goes and you want to see what happens on the ballot and,
1: yeah, it I was is, told an hour a week was all you needed. And yeah, that's not true. But yeah, there's <laughs> a lot the going on. <laughs> so thank you so much for helping me uh tell
0: everybody what's on the ballot and what to expect. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to uh seeing your contributions on the Orange Juice blog. Thank you. Thank you for listening to A Slice of Orange. I'm Jody Balma. I want to thank our executive producer, Aaron Watkett, and our editors and producers, Alexandria Kim and Cindy Gimple. This podcast would not be possible without them. So thanks to them.